This is iFanboy Special Edition DC Showcase Batman Death in the Family. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes, my whole world is up here. Father of mine, take me back to the day. Yeah, when I was still your golden boy, back before you went away. I remember blue skies walking the block. Hello, welcome to my fanboy special edition DC Showcase Batman Death in the Family. The Animation Brain Trust is fully formed again. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ryan Haupt. Hey, how's it going? And Paul Montgomery. I'm back. I'm recharged by the sun and <laughs> feeling better. And I'm so sorry I missed the last one because that was an interesting one. We just did a sort of sequel with Paul before the show, which we talked about the last one. So we're sorry <laughs> we didn't get to hear that. So we're here to talk about DC Showcase Dash Batman colon. Death in the Family, <laughs> which is the second collection of shorts. So, if you go, you know, in the original days of these films, they they opened up with a short film, like the old days of of the movie theater. You know, you got like a little, I don't know how long they were. Are they five minutes? They're around that time, that amount of time. They were shorter, yeah. And each film had a, a little animated short with smaller characters who wouldn't necessitate their own feature, and then. They collected those in a collection, and they put a longer, like three times as long short in front of that one that was Shazam. And then they stopped doing the shorts, but then they brought them back. So now we have this new collection of shorts, which is capped off by a hour-long, when you take into account everything, hour-long short, which is funny to say short. Each branch of this story is short. Batman Death in the Family, which is the first interactive film from the DC Universe animated original line, and the second remake. We've already had yes. the story in Batman Under the Red Hood, which is one of the best ones they've ever made. And we have it again here. Yes, it is. A lot of that movie is also in this movie. That's if you get it as a physical release on right. disc. So we're going to talk about the film, which had various interactions. If you got the actual physical disc, we're going to talk about it, the digital version. We're going to talk about the shorts briefly. We're going to just have a good time. Spoiler warning. This is a review show. These guys are going to get spoiled, too, because they didn't get to see all the different branches of the, <laughs> yeah. of the tree as we talk about Batman Death in the Family. So I got the disc, as I always do. So I had the full interactive capability. You two watched it digitally. So you're right. saying there was no interactive capability? No. So at least I did it through iTunes, through Apple, and I just rented it. And you get... An hour, I, I, ch- I was like, I'd be curious how they're going to do this. And I was like, I imagined that they were going to do each different iteration or like maybe do it the normal quote unquote way, mm-hmm. sort of the A option story at the beginning and then follow that up with like deleted scenes or something right. or the various interactions, like if Jason lives or if he chooses to kill the Joker or whatever. Right. And what they do instead, it's just an hour and a half long rental that you have and it's the half hour feature i think it was about 30 minutes without without interactions and then you get the showcase shorts and they do the intro for each one uh, where they go through the comic book store the live action intro (laughs) to spin rack with bruce tim reading the comic it's a great intro it's a great intro it's, it's great it's fun but it's just like okay and i've seen this before ryan same experience for you yeah, I was a little confused at first as well, because if you didn't know that this was supposed to be interactive, like there's nothing telling you where right. there would be choices for options. It literally wow. just plays straight yeah. through for a half hour. And I, I looked at some of the reviews 
from people buying this or renting this online and people are pissed. They're not happy because they feel like a lot they of paid. one star reviews. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they feel like they paid for a full length thing and got this half hour overly narrated clip show. Yeah. And, and yeah, none sense. of the extra, like you don't see the, any alternative stuff. Like at the end, they don't throw in like alternate ending one or alternate ending two, you know, but here's how it could have gone. It's just, this is how it went. It's not like clue. Okay. Shorts. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm a proponent of physical media. I love physical media, but I think that's a mistake on their part. I think they should have at least given you an alternate take. And also, I mean, this is not functionality they couldn't replicate. There was an interactive thing on Netflix. They could have given you the, the Black Mirror thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's stupid, but it's going to be interesting because I don't even know what branch you took. I made a flow chart and I broke my brain <laughs> making it. I made it on paper first, and then I went and made it on my computer. And I'm going to embed that flowchart on the post for the show on ifanboy.com. I think it's right. I think it is. I think I read and I counted that there are six different stories, if you okay. follow all the different choices. And all of them lead to the same ending, basically, if depending on where you go. How does it present itself to you on the disc version? Does it just pause and say... Okay, so the story of this... Actually, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the story because it'll happen throughout okay. the story. So it's an adaptation of the Death in the Family storyline in which Jason Todd is killed by the Joker, also killed by the fans of DC Comics. Then the re- his reemergence as Red Hood. That story was told in Batman Under the Red Hood. It was uh, Judd Winnick. Right. Did the storyline in the comics? He wrote the film too, yeah. And also wrote the film, yeah. They use a lot of that footage in these films, very liberally. I thought the stylish opening was cool. I love the little animated background of Joker selling Ra's al Ghul the uranium, and he's in Bosnia, and Batman's going to get him. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to do that exposition up front. Right. They have Jason Todd in the all-red Robin costume that Tim Drake briefly wore in the comics. It was very flashback-heavy in the beginning, I think, as if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, and I noticed that because I'm watching it on a big TV, and it's my my new 4K TV, and... They kind of ruin that because it's so much of the beginning is blurry. <laughs> they, they make it blurry for the flashback. So it just looks like there's just Vaseline covering the whole screen. And it's not just like a couple of seconds. It's like a good portion of the first act is yeah. blurred out. And then uh, we get to the familiar point where Robin, in this film, it's slightly different. Robin, you know, Jason Todd's still an asshole. He's still a hothead. He still goes too far while out of missions. So Batman benches him. In the comics, they had a whole portion tied into his family, discovering that his mother was still alive and, and that she was one of three possible people. And so in the beginning of that story, he's going around the globe trying to find his mother. And I, if I remember correctly, one of them was Lady Shiva. And then there was two other people. And it turned out to be this, I think, relief worker or doctor in Bosnia, Bosnia wherever he was. It's been a long time since I read it. Okay. And that, that was the one where the Joker found him and... I realize they can't put that in. There's a lot of exposition and backstory, but the taking out the aspect of his mother and she also being in the in the warehouse, I thought they lost them. Yeah, she's not present. Bruce mentions his mother and the situation with Two-Face killing his dad. Yeah. And, and also, if you're coming to this, maybe having last seen Robin in the animated series, you're going to be super confused because <laughs> this Jason isn't he's an quite asshole. like that. Yeah. Or he's Tim in the animated series. He's like an amalgamation. We have the requisite beating of Robin with a crowbar, uh, which is brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one scene where they sh- were watching his feet sort of react to it, which I thought was really nice and cinematic, but also c- disturbing. 
And then, of course, as in the comic, Joker beats Robin with a crowbar, leaves him tied up. There's a bomb in the warehouse and leaves him to die. And, you know, he inches his way towards the door, gets to the door, it's locked, and here's the bomb, looks up, and it's about to go off. And, th- and when I'm watching it, it fades to a screen that says basically, you know, what it said in the comic, you know, Robin's going to die, but only you can save him. And there's three options to choose. Okay, so three. And you don't have an unlimited amount of time to ponder the, the essence of life and heroism. It's like you've got a counter, and you've got to choose before the counter goes. I didn't. Oh, interesting. I didn't wait to see what happened at the end of the counter. The three options we had were Robin cheats death, Robin dies, and Batman saves Robin. And for me, the longest thread was Batman saves Robin. Robin cheats death was like its own little short story, and then Robin dies was, was its own little short story. But then Ro- Batman Saves Robin was the one that led to, like, the six different paths. Oh, so you have other choices beyond that. Yeah. Just for that one. I believe there were four times where, you, where it stopped and had you choose. Oh, okay. So tell me what story you guys experienced. So we experienced Jason Dies. Yeah. Is that the one where Batman's narrating it all to Clark? Well, the whole framing device of what we watched is Batman narrating to Clark at the diner. Okay, yeah. All right. Right. It's, the, like, a good 85% of the 30 minutes is Bruce Greenwood telling you what's <laughs> right. basically in past tense telling you what's happening right. and you seeing characters in the background with their mouths moving but you don't hear any of it. All you hear is the narration from Batman. You know, I took notes and I should, have, I should be looking at them. Then I, could, then I would know that it, it was the longest of the three. So you got a good like half hour Robin dies whereas the other ones are shorter. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And that one leads to basically Batman under the Red Hood. The under the Red Hood story. Yeah. So it, it basically, you know, where he comes back because Ra's al Ghul uh, resurrects him in the in the Lazarus Pit. So if you selected Robin dies, you just watched the rest of the movie we watched yes. and didn't make any more decisions. Correct. Weird. Yeah. That's such a odd choice for them to give most of the options. For, for choices to make to a plot line that is completely inaccessible to people who didn't buy the Blu-ray. That's so weird. It's also the one that's basically the comic plus other elements. So like the story of Robin dying is what happens in the comic. So that's the one most familiar to as an adaptation, which right. makes sense. It's sort of like in a video game with choices, like this would be considered the true ending. Right. But there are alternate endings. So this is essentially meant to be like if you follow along with the way it happened in the comics and if you're remembering plot points from Under the Red Hood, the previous feature, that's the true ending. But you can, how fun are the alternate endings? Well, I'm really kind of bummed that you guys didn't get Robin Sheets' death because that one was bonkers. That one feels like it would be new material too because what we saw is basically just... Like, as if someone was fast-forwarding through <laughs> Under the Red Hood and talking over it the entire time. I'm sorry, guys. That's what it that's, felt like. That sucks. I mean, you know... The narration, was, it got to be pretty draining at a certain point. I, was not, like, I, don't think right. a, I don't think a character in the movie has said anything for about 10 minutes. And you're not watching, like, a new story, really. You're watching just highlights of an old film cut up in yeah, a different Yeah, and way. it's, like, all the stuff with, like, um, like Black Mask is in it and... Yep. Is it a, a Mazo? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I, I've seen this before, but like it's going by really quick. 
That's and b- it's just being explained to me. It's bizarre they didn't even give you the other one because the second Robin Sheets death also doesn't give you any choices. They could have very easily given you that as an alternate to watch. And it's short. It's short. It's like I didn't time it, but it felt like it was so like five how minutes. How does he cheat death? Okay, so I'm reading my notes here. So he survives the explosion, essentially. Batman gets there and finds him in the rubble instead of picking him up and, and – uh, He's dead. He picks him up, and they use the dialogue that was originally written in the comic for you know the alternate scene. You know, okay. We've, we've seen those pages. Oh, DC released right. them. Yeah, yeah. So he basically lived through the explosion. And what happens is he's he's really badly disfigured. He's you know like he's almost like two face. Half of his face is all burned, and they do skin grafts, and they, he's got broken bones everywhere. But when he's healed, he still looks horrible. And so he's really super bitter. He hates Bruce for letting it happen to him. He hates Bruce for even making him Robin in the first place. And he ends up running away from the family, which includes uh, Barbara and Dick and Alfred. And there's a scene where they're all at his bed at the hospital, and he just hates all of them now. And he becomes basically the Hush version of Robin. Remember remember when, he, yeah. when we were supposed to think he was Hush? You know, so it looked like Jason Hudd with the white hair stripe and the, the Robin suit under the trench coat. He becomes that version. And he becomes like a vigilante serial killer. He kills Cheetah. He kills the Riddler. He kills Black Mask. In that scene, instead of he kills Black Mask in that missile launcher scene, the media knows that Robin is doing this. The the cops like it's like Robin's killed the, the Riddler now. And so then you know one day he's on a rooftop and Talia shows up and offers to bring him into the League of Assassins to hunt for the Joker to kill him. And then as my notes say, oh God, Damian Wayne. She has the little baby with him and says, "This is your father's." child who he thought died and i want you to raise him and jason in voiceover says i will raise him to become a monster to destroy bruce and that's how it ends that's how it ends wait 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 in that reality damien is whose son still bruce's son but raised by jason raised by jason to, to hate bruce but raised by jason okay and that's how it ends it ends like that it ends with him saying i will raise this child to destroy bruce and that's it wow and also, much like the other version, this one's almost all told in voiceover from Jason's point of view. From Jason's point of view. Like, but I mean, at least that's new we, and we something have, interesting that I've never yeah, seen before. This it's like such a missed material. opportunity. It's really a bummer, because that one was really kind of dark and bonkers, and I think that would have been really fun for you guys to watch and talk about. I, 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 if you could read my notes, you could see me losing my mind trying to keep track of all the storylines uh, for the main one. So in Batman Saves Robin, what happens is Batman gets there just before the bomb goes off, and he basically shields him with his body and takes a brunt of the blast, and he dies in the blast? Batman dies. Yeah, so... He, Bruce dies. Okay. Bruce dies, and his, his dying words are to Jason to not kill the Joker, but bring him to justice. So... Now that, I love you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think he says that, too. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Okay. And then immediately goes to another branching screen where the choices are catch the Joker or kill the Joker. And so you have two options there. So let's play the game. Guys, catch the Joker or kill the Joker? Catch the Joker. I also catch the Joker. Okay, so back to voiceover, because again, we're using found footage here. In Jason's voiceover, he decides to become the Red Hood anyway to get the Joker's attention, and also so they can reuse the animation from under the Red Hood. Right. <laughs> and he, um, he kills a bunch of criminals. <laughs> Batman didn't say he couldn't kill other criminals. Uh, he kills a bunch of criminals to get the Joker's attention. Is that the stuff where he kills Cheetah? And no, he kills they, just like you know a bunch of like just low level guys. It's different. Okay. Yeah. Dick. At this point, Dick is Batman. He's chasing him, and then Jason confronts the Joker, and the Joker loves it. He loves that Jason is like his one bad day theory come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
I birthed you. It's that whole thing, I think it happened in the comics recently, where it's like, you're not Bruce's son, you're mine. You know, I, I birthed you in Bosnia. So now, ever since the explosion, you've been my son. And so then, he's got basically the Joker cornered, so we go to another branching screen, which is, spare the Joker. I'm sorry, hold on. Spare the Joker, kill the Spare the Joker, kill the Joker, right. So then you've got two choices. You can kill the he can he, he there's a lot of choice got a lot of chances to kill the Joker in this story. So there's spare the Joker, kill the Joker again. They should just make the button that says kill the Joker like bigger and bigger each time. Right. Like, also, this movie gets bizarre towards the end. Spare the Joker. So you're on the rooftop. I may have missed a, a step here, but because there's a, there was a lot of of steps. Jason spares the Joker, but the Bat family breaks up because of the murders. Barbara won't forgive him. Dick tries to arrest him. Uh, Tali reveals that Bruce was resurrected by the Lazarus pit, but he was driven mad by the process and, and never get, came out of it. So now he's like this uh, Gollum, this Batman Gollum who wears the bright Zor-In-R costume from Grant Morrison. Oh, film. okay, yeah. And so they fight on the rooftops. In which this we is bran- so much more interesting than what we got. In which we branch to the final branching point, which is life or death, as Batman and Jason face each other, each holding knives. Death. Death. Death, all right. They come at each other, Jason stabs Bruce in the heart, and Bruce sets off an explosion that kills all of them. They all okay. die. Oh, no, I didn't miss this stuff. I've got all the notes here. So, okay. so, so basically, you're, you're, Jason, Talia, and Bruce are all on the roof. Bruce goes to stab Jason. He blocks it with his forearm. and it, it, The knife goes in his forearm and then stabs Bruce in the heart. While Bruce falls down, he sets off an explosion and they all die. Literally, they're all just like smoking skeletons on the roof. Jeez. <laughs> it got dark. Man, it got dark. So let me go back. Let me, let me back up one. Is there a version? I have, I have questions. Yeah. There's one happy ending. I watched this all the way through, yeah. and at the end, for the credits, there were people credited for voices for characters I definitely didn't see like in who? my yes. version. Which was so. I guess at some point, one of these versions has Two Face, and it looks like if I just do a Google search for like image search for Batman: Death in the Family, I'm seeing images of I assume Jason in the Red Robin costume. Well, that was in the beginning. Oh, the no, Red no, no, Robin not, costume. Not no, 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 no. The Tim Drake wore the, the, the one. The Hush, Hush Robin, you mean? No, not even that. That was from, I think, the other film. Was that from the other film? Okay. Yeah. That's that's also, I think, what makes this a little confusing. There's I searched some... Batman Death in the Family, though, and it's showing that as a Death in the yeah, Family. Yeah, but there's some case, misleading but... stuff on the internet, Ryan. Okay, gotcha. There could have been stuff cut out. I didn't recall seeing Two-Face ever show up. He's credited in the end credits. He may have been cut. Okay. This is again. This is why I'm confused because I yeah. know that I didn't have access to all the content, but I also don't know what I missed and where. There's one sequence where you end up happy. So on the bridge in which we get to kill the Joker, spare the Joker mm-hmm. choice. In kill the Joker, Jason just shoots him in the head, and that causes all the problems with the Bat family, which leads to him meeting Talia on the rooftop. And spare the Joker. Jason spares the Joker. Oh, sorry. So that leads to the roof again, with. With Talia and Bruce. And that leads to the life choice. Because the death choice always takes you to the same spot. They all blow up on the roof. In the life choice, Jason spares Bruce. He fights off Talia. Dick Batman arrives, forgives Jason. Barbara becomes Oracle. She forgives Jason. Jason burns his Red Hood costume, retires from the field entirely. Bruce is kept in a creepy cell in the Batcave as they try to cure his Lazarus Pit madness. 
And it's revealed that the Zor in our phrase he keeps saying over and over again is Zoro in Arkham, his father's last words to him, was they were coming out of the movie theater. Right. So that's the only sort of happy-ish ending where the family's all back together, even if Bruce is in a crazy Hannibal Lecter cell and Jason is retired. But you have Dick off as Batman and Barbara's Oracle and everyone's relatively happy. Otherwise, they just keep blowing up. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. One more thing. I'm sorry. I'm losing track. This is, this is very confusing. When he kills the Joker on the bridge, which is the second version of Kill the Joker, there's the first Kill the Joker, Catch the Joker, right after Batman dies. And then there's yes. Jason finds the Joker and it's either spare the Joker or kill the Joker. When he kills the Joker there, we see a bunch of reaction shots. So we see Commissioner Gordon telling Barbara about it. We see Dick Alfred's reaction. We see Dr. Quinzel at Arkham's reaction. And then we, and then we end up back at the rooftop and on the golem. All the branches lead us to the rooftop. The question is, what happens on the rooftop? Does everyone die, or does Jason live and retire and all that stuff? It's confusing. I like the idea that if you do enough of the right choices, like this lasts forever. Like this, like <laughs> this, like goes to like Batman Beyond. Like it just, it just, it just keeps going and going and going. There's at least seven choices. There that's, I mean, that's you know, that's interesting. So I said on a previous Animation Brain Trust that I was excited for this because I liked the uh, Netflix Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Yep. I thought that was a lot of fun. Sure. It sounds like that was done at a bit higher level conceptually than this one, oh, maybe? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they had a higher budget. Did you enjoy this? It was fun. I mean, it was All interesting. Right. Like, I wouldn't want this to be the norm. It was a little tiring after a while, you know? Tiring because you were just furiously writing notes down. <laughs> well, there's that, but also it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I hit all the branches for the show. And so I've got to remember, mm-hmm. wait, did I do this one? I got to go back. The good thing is that when you go to the very end, it shows you a screen with all the branching scenes. So you could go back to the branching points and start again at a new spot. So that was how I think I hit them all. Mm-hmm. That was just tiring. And it was also tiring like to go through the same sequences over and over. It's like, all right, I hit the death part again. Damn it. You have to go back. So like, you know, it was fu- it was interesting. It was interesting. Was it good? Parts of it were good, but you know, I feel like this would be more. This, this would be better suited to. They're sort of in limbo now, or like they were no longer around. That those Telltale games, mm-hmm. and they oh, made yeah. some Batman ones. Yep. And I played other Telltale games, like the the Borderlands one, and um, I played the Walking Dead one. one. The Walking Dead one was the most popular, I think, in it. But I, I I didn't get the Batman ones. But like this feels like it would be better suited to that the stuff me and ryan didn't see sounds like the most interesting stuff stuff that wasn't oh for sure stuff that was new to this yeah you got a highlight reel from a previous film yeah but it doesn't sound like they i mean i I guess that they had the advantage here where they had a previous film where they could recoup that stuff Mm -hmm. and then just do a couple of things extra i mean at the end of the day this is a short so it's not. I'm sure that yeah. they didn't get a full feature budget to do this, and so you have to figure out. I can see why. You know, if you're going to do this kind of thing, you do it with the most famous choice in comics history, mm. and so you turn that into a series of choices because just to have one is not that exciting. Yeah, that part of it was conceptually clever, like the fact that they took a choose your own adventure moment in comic book history and tried to recreate it as a film. I thought it was ambitious. It was. It made sense. I don't think there's another moment in the history of DC comics that maybe lends itself no. so well to this sort of interpretation. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was an actual thing where people could call, there was an actual phone number and you called in and you could vote 
and right. maybe there's some obscure like image comic I'm not thinking of that also sure. tried doing the same thing, but as homage to that. Yeah, it, look, I applaud the experiment. It was interesting. Sure, it's it's an ambitious idea. I just maybe they didn't have the time or budget. To, it's not like it was like a full feature film, and I had to I spent four hours going through vision. You know, it was like an the whole thing was an hour. It was interesting. Okay. Is it good as a piece of entertainment? Or as a film? I don't think it works as a film. I think it works as an experiment. It sounds like it's at least engaging. Sure. It was interesting. It was like, like oh, what, what's going to happen this time? Following the different avenues. You know, but. I think what you saw was a lot of redrawn stuff, too. Like, mm. you know, the scene where that you guys saw where he shoots the missile at Black Mask. Was, I think, you know, you see that version a bunch of different ways, but the same basic thing. I think they just kept redrawing the character. Like, at one point, he gives him the finger. Right. You know, and at one point, he's like Hush Robin, and at one point he's Red Hood. So like I think they just redrew a lot of characters in c- certain scenes and just used, I used the background. It's just so weird because the movie wasn't... Like, I remember when it came out, I think I reviewed it on the site, and I said it was like one of the best things they've oh, yeah. done since like Mask of the Phantasm. Like It's, it's like, incredible. It was really good. But it's not so fresh in my mind... That I remember all the, so I was like the whole time I was thinking, is that original to the movie? I thought about rewatching it. Or? I shouldn't have time. Yeah, because I, I I was thinking that too, Paul. After watching the first part, I was like, oh, I should have watched Under the Red Hood because I don't know how much of this is actually new. It says in the so credits. Like, the opening so it's like credits, this weird deja vu that. thing where you're like, I am I remembering this or am I just being like <laughs> that makes sense? Like you know, it's because it's in the style. You know that that. That different take on the Joker, I think, was one of the the really fresh ideas yeah, from good. not not one of my favorite ideas. Like, I, I don't know that it's any better than I think it would have been more striking to see like the Mark Hamill Joker, the animated series Joker. Well, John DiMaggio is basically doing a more unhinged version of that character. Like, right, even his and voice it's like it's, a, it's a different character design. Yeah. So I feel like you you lose some of the. Effect of seeing the Joker actually taking a crowbar to well to Robin. I, I will say they just did that in the comics. The animated comic just introduced Jason Todd in flashback, and we saw that version of the Joker with the crowbar, and it was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, like, there was already that Batman Beyond movie with the Joker, right? Return and that's Batman. creepy enough. <laughs> so you guys actually saw a short film. What did you? How do you? I mean, it was a half hour. It was barely longer than like an episode of the animated series. So was it? Yeah. So was it good? And it's not no. No. I would say no. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say just just as as a piece by itself, like ignoring the fact that it's it's removed from the interactive stuff, it doesn't hold up on its own. Right. Because it's Bruce Greenwood talking, and like you're seeing stuff in the background. It just feels cheap and recycled. It feels like an episode of an animated series where it's sort of like their version of a bottle episode. Right. Like they're just recycling old stuff and trying to tell a new story over it. And it just feels, it feels cheap. It feels, you, you feel shorted. I can certainly see you feeling that way. If that's all you got was that one branch. I think if yes. they've even, if they'd even given you the second short branch where Robin survives, that mm-hmm. might have made you feel like at least you got something new. Yeah, it's like, it's like the whole gimmick behind this the, the, this whole exercise is completely removed. But I will say, I do feel satisfied with the rental because we got those shorts. And if you've been renting these, 
like I have, you haven't seen those shorts before, the other shorts, the showcase. Ryan, any final thoughts on Batman? I liked Bruce Greenwood more this time out than I remember remember the performance from the original Under mm-hmm. the Red Hood. I don't know how much was new versus how much I just think that was a good choice. I like his Batman voice. We love that film, so... Yeah, the, the narration stuff is new. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's not as stiff as the other guy. Right. Playing him in the other films. Jason O'Mara. Right. He's great. Bruce Greenwood's great. I think he's very good. So let's talk about the shorts, which you guys finally got to see. I didn't rewatch them, but... Um, okay. You had Sergeant Rock, you had Adam Strange, you had the Phantom Stranger, and you had Death, and I'm going to try to remember what I thought about them as you guys talk, because you, you guys finally get to talk. Sergeant about. Rock, I think, was the strongest one. Whatever Animation House did it, it looks great. There's more of an anime vibe to it. I thought it looked great. I feel like for as... They're like 20-some minutes, I think. Yeah, about. Each of these, very ambitious for what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. It left me wanting more of that, but also feeling satisfied with what we got. It's like it felt substantial for a short. Ryan? Rock? I don't think I put this at the top the same as Paul, but okay. I liked it. I agree the animation style was really interesting. The plot on this one I thought was pretty thin, but, you know, it's fun to see them out there killing Nazis. The opening sequence of this I actually think I liked better than most the of the rest of it. Of it. So yes. Before he wakes up in the hospital. Man, why would you ever fight a tank? Just ever. It seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> I think if I recall, I, I loved it until the monster showed up, and then it was okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too. Yeah. Um, Carl Urban's great. It's funny watching this after seeing him as Billy Butcher and the boys. That's kind of a, just a funny yeah. uh, compare and contrast. But, oh, it was good. It's weird to me when, like, the Nazi commander knows who he is. Like, was Sergeant Rock famous, or did they just have a prior relationship before this war? In those days, it was like the famous Sergeant Rock, you know, like that kind of, you, you must mm-hmm. be the famous Sergeant Rock. It's just an old conceit, you know. It's like the conceit where World War II lasted for 50 30, years. Yeah, and 30 so, years. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have, like, characters and, like, famous, you know, yeah. more than in reality. I totally get being sort of off-put or disappointed when it turns into a supernatural thing. I didn't hate it after that. I just was just I, know, I, th- I think it would have been cool for it to be a realistic, you know, like, war story. But I was like, oh, okay, this could also be interesting. It just, it does pull the, the rug out from under you. Like, oh, they're going that way. And, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of Adam Strange, my least favorite one? Uh, I liked probably... it more than I think you did, but it, I, at a certain point, I remember you talking about this, and I remember you really viscerally disliking it, yep. and you saying that it functionally isn't an Adam Strange story, and I hear that, and so I kind of just turn that part of my brain off and just watch this as a weird sci-fi short story, yep. and it works as a weird little sci-fi short story. I agree with you, it does not work as an Adam Strange story. That's, yeah, this was my least favorite of them, yep. but I didn't, you know strongly dislike it i was mm-hmm. just like oh it, this it's, felt it's more like something yeah. the action's good this felt more like something that would be happening in a corner of like abnett and lanning's guardians of the galaxy universe mm-hmm. to me a lot of it felt like those scenes on the snowy planet in guardians 2 where sly stallone shows up <laughs> i thought of that also kind of like it's it's not quite full-on really scott alien roughnecks in space but it definitely is like working class People in space just trying to get by Spice Mines of Kessel war veterans stuff. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of there was a trilogy of PlayStation 3 games uh, from Capcom, I believe, called Lost Planet. It's very much the same vibe. It's like oh, okay. Bugs on a Nice Planet. And you get that sort of like the Thing vibe from it. 
Yeah. One thing I didn't like in the Ram Thanagar War flashback stuff is that the coloring and the textile of the Iranians and the Thanagarians looks too similar. Hmm. It looks like technology developed by the same culture, just used in two different ways. I wanted one to look significantly more alien than the oh, other. Okay. Interesting. That was just a weird thought because they both have kind of like a red gold vibe, armored up, right. flying around. And even the miners on this other random planet that's theoretically not connected to either empire have the same red gold color motif. Which would annoy me because that's not his colors. He's red and silver. Red and white. Yeah, red why and not, silver. Why not use that as a differentiator? But I agree with Paul. I liked some of the action sequences in this with him flying around with the jetpack. I thought they animated those nicely. The, the kind of interplay between his ability to fly, his his tech weapons and the grenades and the ray gun, but also the axe. Like ray gun and axe plus jetpack is an interesting combination. I was just, the whole time I was thinking about that seems like an awkward way to go about it, but he made it work. And I feel like in the comics, the Zeta Beam always finds him to throw him around the universe wherever he needs to go, whereas here he had to like wait for the Zeta Beam to show back up. Yeah. Which was an interesting twist. Based on the uh, sort of monologue he has while he's doing his calculations, he's doing first year physics stuff, so no wonder he wasn't <laughs> able to figure it out. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's like, okay, so the equation for velocity is distance over time. I'm like, yep, that's that's literally day one physics. You you did it. <laughs> so what did you guys think of the swing in 70s Phantom Stranger short that uh, I think Bruce Tim? Yep. Bruce Tim. was like, he didn't write it. I didn't recognize the writer's it. name, but yeah. I was like, yeah, Bruce Tim's having fun. This is, Why uh, not? This is this is Bruce Tim doing some, you know, swinging sixties, uh, Scoob and Charlie the gang. Manson. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, like mystery machine, Scooby-Doo vibes. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Peter Serafinowitz yeah. as the Phantom Stranger. Very cool. I loved this one. I thought it was great. It had twists and turns in it. Michael Rosenbaum. Yep. Very good. Julie like walked into the room going. while I was watching this one and just saw the character designs, and she was like, oh, is that Bruce Tim?" I was like, yep, sure is. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, yeah, this was probably the strongest one over Sergeant Rock. But I had fun I had fun with Sergeant Rock, too. It might be my favorite one, although I really loved the death one, which was so different than the other ones. I really liked the death one. Which was basically death helping an artist come to terms with his death. It was. I thought it was, I mean, there's, of course, some action-y bits, but I thought it was like a nice little drama, almost. Mm-hmm. To me, this legitimately felt like it could have been an issue of Sandman or, or Stan. Oh, yeah. Felt like it could have been an issue of a comic. It almost it reminded me a lot of. Did either of you ever watch the Animatrix, that anthology anime? Yes, been a while, but things? yeah. This reminded me of that. It kind of had that vibe. Yeah, it's just it. It's a. It's the perfect Bleak. scope for, and and yeah, and the perfect tone for that character. Right. What's interesting is. You know, they brought these shorts back, and the characters were not the ones you'd expect. But we're all off in the deep corners. We're in Sergeant Rock and Death and the Phantom Stranger. Adam Strange is only popular because right now of the, the Tom King, Mitch Garrett's Doc Shaner book. Otherwise, you right. know, mm-hmm. he's a, also like a deep-cut guy. Well, it's sort of like, who do we find interesting but would never get their own full-length feature? But also, even on that list, who's like, six or seven characters down on the list of like who you want to work on you know maybe bruce tim is like always wanted to do a phantom stranger thing or something right but still like uh, that one in particular the the phantom stranger one feels like i could see them doing more of those with that character i did really like that in the end credits for the death one it's a death created by neil gaiman and mike dringenberger and I was just like, oh, so they created the concept of death. Like, death did not exist before Neil Gaiman. And you got to credit him. Otherwise, 
there's legal implications. It was just interesting. I mean, clearly, we talked about this. I think it must have been the last show, Paul, that you weren't on, is that mm-hmm. Bruce Timm's all about the 70s because the next film is a, it's a Batman film set in the 1970s. So that's like all, that's where he is right mm-hmm. now. So this is clearly, his Phantom Stranger one is clearly, you know, in that same wavelength. It was like very niche. It was like, oh, he's doing his thing. But also you could tell that there was a lot of love put into that one. Right. And just like that, the transcendental effects and the music was cool. And I guess there weren't as many shorts as I remember them being. There's only a handful. I guess I started them late. I have no memory of anything anymore. But I will say, I think even though I really didn't like this Batman feature, the way it's presented here. Yep. Sure. And I also, you know, I'm not rushing out to get the disc. If we lived in the environment where like the blockbuster down the street from me was still open. Yeah. I think it would be a fun thing to rent. Oh, it's totally worth your, your time. Have a night in with it. Yeah. But I will say, if you haven't seen these showcase shorts, if you've just been renting these or like whatever looked good as they've come out, I think the rental is worth it just to check out the showcase shorts that come on after the Batman. <laughs> like just to see Sergeant Rock and this crazy phantom stranger one and death was also just really poignant and beautiful i just feel so sorry for you guys i mean they literally gave you the most <laughs> uninteresting choice of all the three you know that, like that sucks i just i don't feel cheated because we finally got to see these shorts which yeah. sounded so compelling from you describing yeah. them on the other podcast it's just bizarre they didn't even give you the other short one the other the, the robin cheats death one which is so strange mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. definitely feel cheated but i also didn't have a ton of time today so i wasn't that bothered <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess the shorts are done. You know, last time we did For this, now. we had the shorts. We had the Spectre. We had Jonah Hex. We had Green Arrow. And then they com- they collected those in that Superman Shazam, the Return of the Black Adam short. In like the lo- like this version, it was like, you know, or however long it was, half an hour. And then we didn't the really have The rental is an any- hour and a half. It's like an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, the first short, the Superman Shazam was 24 minutes long. And then we had a Catwoman one. They put, And then we never, I don't, that one was never oh, collected anywhere. Yeah than these new ones and that's it so the last time they collected them they stopped doing the shorts for like years so i don't know what that means i would suspect that these are probably also done but maybe not maybe they're gonna start a new cycle of them i, I would love that if they did that that would be great if they did because they're so interesting and they get to play with tone and style that they can't do with a, a feature length right i mean as much as i love the phantom stranger i don't know if i'd love it for an hour and a half right but maybe yeah. i would i don't know you don't know i don't know that's the point that's why they gotta give it to you I'm saying they wouldn't get the budget to do it. <laughs> right. The Bruce Tim would have to have you owed a huge favor. So we talked last time, so we're not going to go deep into it. Unfortunately, sorry, Paul. But the upcoming three films are okay. Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is the 70s kung fu Batman film from Bruce Tim. Oh, God, right. And then after that is Justice Society, World War II. And then Batman The Long Halloween. I believe it's two parts, right, Ryan? Yes, I think so. Yeah, so those are the next four releases. That sounds fun to me. Over the next year or so. Are you trying to get a quorum on whether or not we keep doing this? Is that why you're like? No, no, I assume we will. And the thing is, like, you can do animation in this in these current conditions globally. You can make animation. It's easier to make animation than it is to make live action. Yeah. I feel like we have to at least keep doing it until Justice Society. That's, like, the moment we never thought would happen. Yeah, so we'll be back. Batman Soul of the Dragon, I believe, is early next year. So we're done now with these films for the year. And then we'll be back. We have... Four releases next year, Soul of the Dragon, Justice Society, and two-part Batman Long Halloween. Nice. So we'll be busy next year with all these new releases. You can go to ifanboy.com. You can, first of all, you can see my crazy flow chart that I created 
I think it's right. Even if I lost track on my notes, I believe it's correct. If not, let me know in the comments. I'll try to fix it. Just go on Google Image Search, type in Pepe Silvio <laughs> to see it. It's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we'll be back. Uh, I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. We'll be back next year with more Animated Brain Trust episodes. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Ryan. <laughs>